the moment I understand that my promotion and the, and the increment in my salary is all because of God has a plan, he has, he see, uh, God has seemed, it, it seems to God, he has understood that here is a man, I can give him as much amount as I want, he will always give it back for my cause. Then it is not difficult. But till we come to that point, even the little that we have, we are not willing to happily share for the glory of God or for the extension of his kingdom. So may the Lord, Lord help us in this part. Our brother brought it out very nicely according to the session we saw yesterday morning, obedience to the word of God, being led or empowered by the Holy Spirit of God, Willingness to serve God's people. Abiding in Christ. These are all, you know, they are not very, uh, what can I say, out of the way things in a believer's or a disciple's life. These are supposed to be the normal part of our Christian life. Yesterday we also saw a little about what William MacDonald says about Mr. Too Quick, Too Slow, too easy, and then we went into some practical things what will hinder us either to take the step of discipleship or if we have already taken the step of discipleship to continue in that way faithfully with the Lord. And then today morning our brother reminded us of the marks of a disciple. Now, uh, this session is titled Commitment to discipleship. Before going into that, I would also like to add being led by the Spirit of God. I was asking since yesterday, I did not know what I was going to talk in this session. I was waiting on the Lord. When I prayed in the night, the Lord told me one thing, just sleep, I'll give it to you in the morning. I slept. I got up in the morning and the Lord put in my heart to tell you the other side of the coin of discipleship. It is not only giving and giving and suffering. What when a person responds to the call and starts walking as a disciple of Jesus Christ? Then what happens? Does he leave you alone? Does he ask you to fight your battles alone? To solve the problems alone? Not at all. It's an exciting life. When you surrender your will, when you surrender your life, when you say, yes, Lord, I will follow. I don't even ask you where you are taking me. I don't even ask you what you are going to do because I just trust in you. You loved me when I was not lovable and now since I am responding, you are certainly going to take me to wonderful heights of walking with thee. So I am just going to bring to you, by God's grace, four things which I also experienced in my life. The first thing, when one person responds to the call of God, starts walking with Christ as a disciple, please come with me to Matthew chapter 14 and verse 19. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 19. Here we read, Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. He took the loaves and the two fish, 
And looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. What happens when we start following the Lord? What happens when we say yes and we start walking after the Lord as a disciple? So, you know what happens? The privilege, the privilege of a disciple is the Lord uses him as a partner to glorify his name. The first thing that happens, I am an ordinary person, we are ordinary people. Why should God take us as his partner to do his wonderful things in the lives of people? So, so the disciples are with the Lord. And, and there is this big crowd and God has blessed the bread and the fish and he is giving it to the disciples. And I want you to please try to imagine. Imagine the excitement. Imagine their eyes popping out. You see, as they are distributing, the, the fish and, and the bread is multiplying. Not once and twice. Try to multiply 12 into 5,000. Maybe 20 into 5,000. That's a lot of distribution. And as they go on giving, their excitement increases. They become a part of the miracle of God. They become a part of the, of the great work that is happening. The Lord gives them, of course, there is a simple reason why the Lord gave them. What could it be? Distributing 5,000 people is not an easy job. You know, it would go from morning till evening. But apart from that, the Lord wanted these people to be a part of his miracle. We have come to a stage now, even many believers don't expect a miracle in their lives. Sorry to say this. Have you experienced the miracles that God does in your life? Have you experienced in other people's lives? Has our faith come to that extent, to that depth and height, where I know when the Bible says this, the Lord is sure going to do it. The Lord does great things when a believer responds and becomes a disciple. I have had many experiences. It's a thrill when we are involved in the work of God. About Four years back, the Lord opened a door for me to go to Allahabad only because there was a local of Allahabad who was in Goa and got saved here and then he wanted to go and do the Lord's work among his people. So he knew me and I went to his village and uh, in the first trip, he took me to his, his in-laws village. And we went there and uh, you know they had a talk and they said, brother wait for half an hour, one hour. And some people will gather and we'll have a small meeting here. So it was, it was in an open space. I was standing near the door of a house because it was a little elevated place. I was there and I started speaking. And as I spoke, I spoke about blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And as I was speaking, I noticed one man sitting right in front of me, approximately my age. And his outward appearance was like a sadhu. He had that thick Rudraksh mala in his, have you seen the Rudraksh mala? So that he had in his neck and he was just wearing a banyan and a dhoti and he was sitting there and he was looking very intently at me. 
I was sure that after the message is over, this guy is going to come and confront me. So I spoke, I finished. He didn't talk to me, but wherever I was, anywhere I turned, he was there. Then evening we went back to Rajkumar's house. When we went to Rajkumar's house, he also joined us. He came those 20 kilometers, he was there. Two months later, Rajkumar told me, Brother Prabhu, uh, Prabhu ki stuti ho, uh, praise the Lord, Ram Sidomar, my wife's uncle, has accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, after that time, he told Rajkumar, tell brother to inform me when he's coming back. So, I, I gave him a day, a date, and he arranged a meeting in his house. And he invited the whole village. And he made us to stand there, and he said, brother, aap jo ko bola tha, sab inko bolna. all that you told me, you please tell them also. He called the old village, he made a shamiyana, he made lunch for them, and when everybody came, he said, Brother David, aap bolo. I said, I will speak, but before I speak, you have to take the mic for two minutes in your hand and tell them why you have invited me here. He said, no, 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 I cannot do that. I said, oh, you don't worry, I'm standing right behind you. Just say this much. And then you, if you cannot say, just hand the mic to me. And very wonderfully he said, I have called this man from Goa. Because he came and told me why I should believe in Jesus Christ. I have left all the gods of my ancestors. He said that you know that nobody was more pious in the village than me. And then he handed the mic to me. I, we preached the gospel. Eight people came to the Lord and and then I told him one thing. I said, Ram Siromar ji, ye daadi aap apna kab tak rakhega? Till where are you going to keep this beard? He said, brother, don't worry. Agli baar aap aoge, ye daadi bhi nahi rahega. This beard won't be there. And today when I see him, there is a thrill in my heart. This man was in darkness. This man was an enemy of God. He was so committed to the gods of this world. But God, God worked a miracle. And I have the joy of saying I was a part of that miracle. If you respond to the Lord Jesus Christ, you will not only read of the miracles in the pages of the Bible, you will be a living miracle, the work of God in your day-to-day -day life. I was called to I was called to a place in Rajasthan. Anybody knows where Brother Stephen Cherian works? Jodhpur. So we were there and we had a three days camp. On the second day, one, one couple came to me. They were converted from the Hindu faith. So they came and they said, Brother, we want that you pray for us. I said, yes, what is your problem? What do you want to be prayed for? They said, we are married for six years. We came to Christ. We don't have a child. And the one thing that always our relatives, our neighbors are hammering on us, you don't have a child because you believed in Jesus Christ. We don't want anything. We don't mat it doesn't matter if it's a boy or girl. We want this reproach to be removed from us. So I just waited for a few moments. I don't like to pray unless I am led with confidence to pray for that matter. I don't want to give them a false hope. Because if I pray and it doesn't work out, they may falter in their faith. 
The Lord strengthened my heart. I said, I'll pray for you. I called one a couple of brothers. I said, brother, we are praying. Just laid a hand on that sister. And I said, Lord, they have come to you. They have come to you to be able to say to the people that the Lord in whom we believe is not only able to save our souls, but to meet every need of our day-to-day life. Lord, I request you, give them the joy of a child. Almost ten months later, I got a call. I said, brother, I'm so-and-so. By God's grace, usually I don't remember names. I, but I could, I could recognize his voice. I said, brother, I know who you are. Kya hua? Prabhu ne uttar diya kya? Has the Lord answered? He said, haan, brother, yehi bolne ke liye diya hai. Today it is confirmed my, my wife is caring. Not only that, she is four months uh, since her uh, conception. And I thanked God. And you know, again I was a part of a miracle. And this is happening all over the country. It's happening all over the world with those people who have chosen to follow in the steps of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your life will become exciting. You will become a channel of God's blessing to other people. The next thing, please come with me to Mark chapter 2. And we will read verse 24 and 25. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry, he and those with him? Now the disciples had plucked grain, and it was a Sabbath day. And the Lord Jesus and, and the, the Pharisees, they came to the Lord Jesus. They didn't ask the disciples, why are you doing this? They asked the Lord Jesus, and the Lord Jesus stood for them. That is the point I want to make. You will find in the Gospels, some, sometimes they came and asked the disciples, why does your master do this? And sometimes they came and asked the Lord, why do your disciples do it? And I am so grateful to the Lord. He said, that he stood up for them. And this is not the only occasion. When you walk with the Lord, when you make a decision, when you go out of your way, you stand for the Lord and the Lord stands for you. That is the principle of the scriptures. It has happened so many times. It's happening right now all over the world. There are people who are targeted. They are threatened. They are questioned. And every time it is the Lord who stands with them. I was for three years in a village known as Pakri Dayal in East Champaran of North Bihar. A small village. When I went there, the situation was such, there was only one bus flying up and down in 24 hours. So anyway, I went there because the Lord led me to go there. So after I was there for a little time, some of the young people came in contact with me and there was a panchayat meeting in the village. And I was told that the panchayat meeting is going to be held and the matter of discussion is whether, why they should not throw you out of the village. 
And one of the brothers who knew one of these guys who were going to sit in the panchayat, he came to me. He said, Brother David, aapko hai kya? do you know they are going to sit day after tomorrow and they are going to decide whether to keep you here and there. But I know some of these people. Do you want me to go and talk to them? I said, no, brother, please don't go. I didn't come here because I like this place. I didn't come here because every comfort is available in this place. I came here because the Lord sent me. And if he wants me to be here, he will take care of it. So they had this meeting. And as they had this meeting, and there were people who were saying, Hamare, Hamare Javano ko bigarta hai, he is spoiling our young people and this and that. Then after everything happened, my landlord stood up. And he said, I want to say a few things. And, he, and you know what he said? He said, see, first of all, if he goes, I lose the amount which he's paying to stay in my house. 500 rupees in a village is a big amount. Therefore, he said, I don't want him to go. Otherwise, you drive him away, but you give me 500 rupees per month. That's what he said. Then he said, I don't care if he goes just for the money. I have stood quietly in the place where they pray as a group and as a family. And I have heard them praying even for you. I want anybody in the panchayat to stand up and say that you have prayed for my benefit even once in your life. There was total silence. He said, this man is praying for our welfare. He's praying for our families. He's praying for our children. How can I tell him to get out of my house? And the decision was overruled. I stayed there till God kept me there and I came out from there. Now this is a small example of what God is doing, how he is standing up for his people when we go out and we follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't worry about crisis. Don't worry about problems. You just worry to do what God wants you to do and he will do what is necessary to be done. It is wonderful when you are in the hands of God, when he, he protects you, he stands for you, he does wonderful things for us. Matthew chapter 17 verse 27, what happens when we follow, when we obey and walk with the Lord Jesus Christ? 1727. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, take the fish that comes at first. When you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. That Take that and give it to them for you, uh, for me and for you. What happens when we step into discipleship? When we say yes to the calling of God? There are a great worry to many people because of which many did not respond. Many wanted to do, but they hesitated. Some lost the opportunity. Some lost a lot of time. And later on they came to the Lord and then were sorry that they did not respond earlier. Financial requirements. Finance is a, you know, it's a practical need. When you are living alone or with your family and doing the work of the Lord, finance has a great thing, a great part to play. So where does the finance come from? I told you yesterday, when I landed in Muzaffarpur on the 9th of January 1991, I had a total possession of 100 rupees. 
That's all. Now, after we went there, there is a difference of the uh, uh, beginning of the academic year there. So I went there and I could not immediately put my children to school. I was waiting on the Lord. Other brothers were with me, but somehow they did not have that burden that let us help this brother to at least put the children in school. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes the Lord is quiet. So four months have gone. Children have not been able to be admitted in the school. And, you know, it is on our heart. Then one evening, one evening, I mean, it, uh, we had already had our dinner. And I was telling something to Mary, my wife. And she was not attentive. She was lost somewhere. So I told her, hey, what happened? Where's your, what are you so engrossed about? Then uh, she said, see, you are taking things so lightly. Months are passing by. Children have not gone to school. So I said, it's not like that. You know, I'm praying. And uh, she was so serious. Then afterwards, finally I told her, okay, you worry. And uh, if you can uh, provide half the money by morning, I will provide the rest. So she said, again she said, aap se baat karna, bekar hai. Actually, what had happened is I had gone to a school, a nearby, see in Bihar, school means totally different. It is not like you hear good, established, government-recognized schools. Every fourth building has a small private school. They may have four rooms maximum, it's a school. So at that time, I couldn't go to a well-established school because of the rates, so I went to a private school, I talked to this man, and he told me, with uniform, books, Admission charges, it will come to 1,540 rupees. So that looked like 15 lakhs to me. I didn't have anything. So I said, okay, sir, I'll come. Went back home and the time is passed. And that is the time that this, my wife said this. So, so I just waited. Once the children were settled, I said, come, we'll pray. And we started praying and I just said, Lord, I have no doubt about what you are going to do. But I don't want these children to feel that because daddy came for the ministry, we lost our education. Open a way, Lord. I prayed, and we both had tears. We said, Lord, nobody cares, but I know that you care. In those days, there was a brother, John Matthew, who used to stay in Muzaffarpur, a place known as Motijil. He had a, he had a bookshop there. In that bookshop, he also used to keep biblical literature, Bibles, and other things. Now, usually, his shop would be open in the evening from 4 to 8. So, in those days, he had urgently to go to Kerala. So, he told me that, brother, since you all are going for outreach in the morning, can you please come and open the shop from 4 to 6 so that I don't lose my daily customers? I said, okay, brother, I'll do that. So, uh, three, four days I had already gone. And on the next day that we prayed, I went there. When I went there, as usual, I opened the shutters. I took the broom. I started uh, uh, cleaning up the place. And as I was sweeping, I found beyond, uh, below the uh, bookcase, I found two envelopes. I took it. I just kept it on the table. I wiped out everything. I sat down. I was about to put the envelopes in the drawer. But out of my curiosity... I just turned to see whose they are and where from they came. And to my surprise, one of them was addressed to me. 
Why I was surprised? It came from, I think it came from uh, Bahrain. And I know not one soul in Bahrain at that time. So I just tore that envelope, opened it. There was a check and a small piece of note, a small handwritten note. I saw the check first. 1,573 rupees. Then I read that uh, chit and said, Brother, we have heard about you. We'd like to help you. Please accept this gift. I cried over there. I said, Lord, you're so concerned about me and my kids. I went home. I told my wife, your answer has come. This is the money. I went to the brother and I told him, Brother, this check has come. Can you please give me this amount tomorrow? The moment it is cashed, I will give back to you. You don't worry about your needs. I can tell you hundred stories like that. God has met the need again and again and again, whether it is 10 rupees, whether it is 10,000 rupees, whether it is 10 lakh rupees, if it is without a selfish motive, God will certainly provide it. No doubt about that. I want to thank and praise God. There it started, you know, God started encouraging my faith. He started strengthening my faith. He started telling me and impressed on my heart. Just carry on. Don't be afraid. I have called you. I will see you through. So when we step out for the Lord, the Lord will meet all our needs. All the time. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1. When he had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now when we walk with the Lord, when we decide to follow him, when we are faithfully walking in his way and doing his will, the, the other thing that God does is that Lord Jesus Christ does, he empowers us. That is what we have been hearing yesterday, being strengthened by the spirit of God. You cannot do the work of God on your own and he doesn't expect you to do that. When we step out for him, it is not our ability and our resources that helps us to, to be a good disciple, to, to fulfill the responsibilities, the needs of the ministry. It is God who is with us. He empowers us and uh, he gives us power to speak. It is not easy. Especially, see, we are sometimes so conscious and so nervous if we have to stand and say a few words in front of believers. Can you imagine? You are in, a, you are in some part of, a, of our country. People whom you don't know. When I went Bihar, all these guys are hefty, big moustache. And, and you know, I, 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 used to, I really used to tremble inside. The first time that I was preaching, I took the mic. I said, Dosto, we want to tell you about Christ. And then there was a big shout. Hey! And I got scared. I stopped. Now somebody is coming now to beat me up. I turned slowly and saw he was actually trying to stop a private minibus. Nothing to do with Christ. So after some time, the Lord strengthened me. One day we were giving out tracts and a hefty guy 
He came up to me. Hey, kya karta hai? What are you doing? I said, we are giving out tracts. He said, kya likha hai isme? Very angrily. I asked him, don't you know to read? Take this and read what it is. He just softened down. Tell me to do it again, I won't do it. Are you understanding? When the need rises, God empowers you. He empowers you not to speak boldly only. He empowers you to speak correctly up to the point. I am standing, standing in a market. Over there it is called as Hatia. Hut. What it means is, it's a, it's a village market in which at least 15 villages will gather together. And everybody will bring his things and they will be selling it there. It's once or twice in a week. So I was at home and suddenly I remembered that it's a Thursday. I have to go there. So what I did is I took some, some literature and I went out. It was about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Hot sun. And I'm standing there giving out tracts. About three or four young, I think, uh, students, college students, they were going. So one of them stopped, so all of them stopped. And he asked me, sir, kya kar rahe? what are you doing? I said, uh, I am a preacher about Jesus Christ. I am uh, distributing and selling books related to the Bible. So they came and they saw. The one of them said, sir, we really appreciate your commitment. Nobody is here. All alone in this sun, you are doing this. Sir, I've, I've got one question for you. I said, yes. He said, sir, see, you all are saying that Jesus Christ is an incarnation. He's an avatar. We also believe that Krishna is an avatar. So when we are willing to listen, or uh, why don't you preach about Krishna? So I first showed them why Christ came into the world. To save sinners. I said, do you, uh, do you agree that you are also a sinner? So they said, Yes, everybody is a sinner. I said, fine. Now, please tell me why Krishna, according to your mythology, why did he take the form of a man? So they were quiet. I said, I will tell you. He took the form of a man, according to your belief, to destroy, to kill, to finish the sinners. I said, is that right? They said, yes. I said, now come on, we all will go and we'll walk. And we, when we come to the next intersection, suddenly both these men come in front of us, Jesus Christ and Krishna. Tell me to whom to you, will you go? To whom will you go as a sinner? You go to Krishna, he kills you. You go to Christ, he saves you. And you know, they were stunned. They did not say that we are going to become Christians, but they took some New Testaments, they took some gospel packets and they went ahead. When I was going back home, I rejoiced. Lord, thank you for giving me such an apt answer. Power to speak. Power to do things. Before going to the law, uh, before going for the ministry, I was yet in Vasco doing my painting job. As I was doing my painting job, uh, there was a, you know, there was another painter also. He was a, he was from Bengal. And uh, once I happened to go to his house. When I happened to go to his house, I was sitting out. He was taking a long time, so I called out his name and I went inside and just shifted the curtain. And what do I see? I almost jerked back. What I saw is, uh, you know, 
ceiling to floor, there is a big painting of Mahakali. Have you seen Mahakali? With that tongue protruding out and out. It's very fearful actually. And it is not only that, there were four skulls kept over there. Real skulls were kept over there. With bones in a cross formation. I just came out and I sat, waited for him. When he came, we had a talk and all, and I went. After many months, there was, I think, uh, uh, Canara Bank wanted, it, wanted to uh, be painted. So I also gave my quotation. I didn't know he had given a quotation. So what happened is finally I got the job. After two days I was sitting with my painters over there and suddenly he comes and he said, David, you have not done the right thing. I said, what happened? He said, you shouldn't have taken that job. I had also put a quotation there. I said, firstly, I didn't know about this. And secondly, anybody can give their quotation. It is up to the bank whom they are going to give the job. He said, you don't know me. I will destroy you. You see what I will do. You know who I am. Then every, all my other friends were there. And those who worked for me and they started looking at me. Everybody knew I follow Christ. They wanted to see what he's going to do. Is he going to be afraid? Then I told him one thing. I said, Rajesh, you do one thing, you take one week's time. You go and collect all the Kali Bhaks in Goa. All of them. You come here. And you sit there. I will sit in front of you. If by whatever you can do, if you can shake one hair off my head, I will forsake Jesus Christ. I will leave him. Why did I say that? Why did I say that? Because there was a power within me which said, you can go to any extent to rely on the name and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that is the power why even today in India there is a lot of opposition, lot of persecution. People are doing the work of the Lord at the risk of their lives. They have been threatened once and again but they continue to be there because they have been empowered by God. So those of you over here if, if the Spirit of God is laying on your heart and you are struggling to make a right choice. You are struggling to say yes. I would like to encourage you. The best thing you could do in life. Is to respond to the calling of the Lord. Taking one step at a time. Going ahead. He will not only send you somewhere. He has already made arrangements for you. He will be accompanying you. And he will be strengthening and meeting all your needs. And you will be a source of blessing to many other people around you. So we have heard so much about discipleship. We have seen the reason of motivation. Then there is the need of the hour. For people to respond to the call of the Lord and to do something for the Lord. I am just going to bring two verses to your mind. And then we will see how the Lord leads. And if anybody wants to respond and say, yes Lord, I want to follow you. The first one is Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8. Yes. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? 
and who will go for us. If the Lord is telling that to you this afternoon, if he's telling to all of us as a group of people, group of people who claim to love the Lord and who say that, Lord, we want to love you, we want to honor you, we want to walk with you, we want to do something for you, then this is what the Lord is telling us. Who will go for me? Who will go for us? Who will take the responsibility or the decision to be my disciple and follow me in whatever I want to do with their lives? About uh, 16 years ago, I have talked about this in some places. I said that there is a, there's a practical tragedy in the world and in the church. Fifteen years back, when I was yet in Bihar, not fifteen, twenty, twenty-one years back. So at that time, there was in the newspapers an advertisement or information about vacancies. 1,500 vacancies in the police department of Bihar. 1,500 vacancies in the police department of Bihar. And do you know how many applications came to the department? Any guesses? 1,500 jobs, how many applications must have come? Any guess? My pardon? 15 lakhs of Edward of of applications came to the department. 15 lakhs for 1,500 jobs. What is the tragedy of the church? There are 1 lakh, we have 15 lakh vacancies. There are not 15 people applying for the job. That is the tragedy of our age, our time. What does it matter if somebody goes to hell? What does it matter if somebody does not have the opportunity to listen to the gospel? Does it matter? I don't know how you heard the gospel. I know how I heard the gospel. Somebody came and told me. He started coming to meet me every day. He started praying for me. And that is how I heard the gospel. And I came to the glorious experience of being called the child of God. The least I can do is Tell somebody else that same thing which God has done in my life. Again I repeat the question from God, not from me. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Who will go for me? The other verse with a similar implication is in Jeremiah, chapter 22 and verse 30. Jeremiah, chapter 22, verse 30. Oh, 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 oh. I made a mistake. I'm looking for that verse where it is said that I sought for a man to stand in the gap. Mm. Can you find that verse? 
May I pardon? Oh, I'm so sorry, so sorry. Ezekiel 20 to 30, please. Sorry for that. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. What a sad condition. What a sad situation. God wants to work. God wants to save. God wants to help the people. But he wants a man. He will not do it alone. And he said, I sought. I waited. And I could not find anybody. Is that the situation in our group even today? He seeks for a man to stand in the gap. I don't know what sort of a gap. There are multiple needs in the church. There are so many needs outside the church. Whatever talent and blessings God has given you, you know, you will understand it. And God will bless you and use you for that. Provided you are willing to say, Lord, if you would have a man like me, if there is a need, I will go. I don't know how I will handle this. I don't know what you exactly you have in your mind. But whatever it is, Lord, I just can't stop myself. I am obliged to follow you and to do what you say. That has been the theme, the foundation, the reason why this camp has chosen this subject, discipleship. May the Lord really help us. In these two days, uh, three days, I'm sure that God has been talking to each one of us in a different way, but for the same cause, calling us unto himself, calling us unto a deeper commitment, calling us for a worthwhile life, both on the face of this earth and in eternity to come. Is there somebody who is going to respond to it? I'm going to just ask you a simple thing. We will sit, we'll close our eyes, and just allow a couple of minutes for the Spirit of God to silently speak to our hearts. Just close your eyes. Just try to single out what God has been laying on your heart. Is there a corrective word that has come to me? Lord, I will give it up for your sake because you, are, you gave up everything for me. Is there somebody who made a promise sometime back of following the Lord and then forgot it or was not willing to do it immediately? God gives one more opportunity. Or is there someone who has heard the knocking for the first time on the door of your heart? Is there somebody here who would just like to give their life to the Lord? Be able to say like Apostle Paul, for me to live is Christ. Lord, I will live for you. I will live as you want me to. I will do what you want me to do. I will go where you want me to go. Lord, I am available unto thee.
if there is somebody like that, then I request everybody not to open your eyes. And for such people who would like to respond, who would like to say yes, who would like to make a bold commitment to the Lord, I request you, please stand up wherever you are. If you want to give your life to the Lord, just stand up as a sign of commitment. Nobody needs to see me, nobody needs to see you. Lord, I am hearing thy voice. It is calling me. I want to give my life to you. I am not telling you to leave up, give up your positions today, give up your job or anything like that. I am just saying, make a commitment to the Lord. Lord, I would stand in the gap. Help me to do, to know what I should do. Lord, I hear your voice calling unto me, and here I am, Lord. Send me where thou wouldst want to send me. If there is anybody who would like to do this, you can respond. I want to thank and praise God that the Spirit of God continues to work. And if you're not bold enough to stand up, if you're not yet understood the urgency of the need of the hour, then I request you please contemplate about it, think about it. May the Lord work in your spirit. Don't let the opportunity pass by. Don't wait till it is too late. The one who was my mentor, he one day came for a Bible study and he was very sad. He said, I have, left, I have lost an equal ranked commander today who went for a shorty, just flew off the runway, the plane crashed and he died and I will never get an opportunity to share the gospel to him again. May the Lord help us. May the Lord help you. As for me, I want to renew my commitment. I want to say sorry to the Lord if at any point of time I loved myself more than the Lord. If I did my things with more vigor than I did his things. And I want to ask the Lord and all of you dear ones, pray for me that till I have strength in the body, I may be able to faithfully walk after the Lord and do what he wants me to do. Thank you for your patient hearing. Thank you for the love and respect you have showered on me. I will be praying for you and I request you, please pray that God may help me not only to preach, but to live what I preach and be a good example to people around me. May the Lord's name be glorified.